the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. It's not about their age. And depending on uh, what happens in the next year and a half, we could have a 78-year-old man running against an 82-year-old man for president in November 2024. Now, it's hard to imagine Joe Biden being mentally capable of finding his way to the White House men's room two years from now, based on the way he's acting lately, much less uh, being able to continue his act of pretending he's president. But anyway, he's talking about doing it. Mitch McConnell is going to get another term as the leader of the Senate. He was out there today saying it's highly unlikely that Donald Trump will ever be elected again, so that's good for Mitch. Uh, and Mitch is 82. Nancy Pelosi will be giving up her gavel in about a month and won't be Speaker of the House, but apparently she's going to represent California for a, another couple of years. Nancy's 82. Now, you've heard the expression that uh, that age is only a number, and that, of course, is a pile of hot steaming horse manure, but there are plenty of men and women in their 70s and maybe into their 80s who are fully capable of holding down important jobs, including president or congressperson. But that's not the point. It's not about Nancy being 82 or the big guy being 80. It's about both of them being in office in Washington for way too long. Same with McConnell. Go home. Do something else. Run for mayor of your hometown if you still want to be in politics. Write a book. How about this? Just going away and leaving people alone. You've been around too long. Just go away. There's not enough talk about term limits, but uh, where has there ever been more evidence that we need them? Being in the House or the Senate was never intended to be a lifetime job. I'm guessing the founders probably never imagined that any sane person would want to make it one. Big mistake by the founders. Anyway, when we come back, speaking of Washington, D.C. politicians, the Democrats are already working on the oppo research on Republicans who are planning to investigate the big guy and his family. And in our second half hour... An unbelievable story about the Chinese and how they're having kids in America who become citizens, by the way, without ever having to leave China. Stick around. Attention. This is a special alert for all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an overpriced auto warranty or no warranty coverage at all. Due to the increase of new and used car prices, repair costs, and the price of gas, people are keeping their cars longer than ever, which is why CarShield is announcing a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on covered auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can save thousands for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. You could save thousands on future auto repairs. Our specialists are standing by for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-518-1985. Vehicle protection plan pricing is at an all-time low. Plus, drivers who purchase this coverage today will receive rental car options, free roadside assistance, and free towing. Call 800-518-1985 now for your free quick quote. That's 800-518-1985. What do you have to lose? Call 800-518-1985. Again, 800-518-1985. Hey, how'd you like to give yourself a new bathroom for Christmas? And I'm not talking about an overlay. I'm talking about a total transformation. Uh, You can get that from Bath R Us. And if you uh, schedule an in-home estimate right now, you'll get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. That's at $1,000 off and low to possibly no monthly payments. And uh, we're talking here about uh, transforming any bathroom into the bathroom of your dreams. Every unit is custom built, allows you to pick all the premium accents, accents rather, and accessories. And Bath R Us only uses products made right here in the U.S. And every single unit is installed by certified factory technicians. And they get it done quickly in days. So don't wait. Schedule your free in-home estimate. Get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. 
Just call today, 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Bath or Us. Go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com to start loving your bathroom again. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-Info.com. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, the Republicans take over the House a little over a month from now. And by the time they break for lunch on their first day, they're going to be announcing investigations into the Biden family and who knows what else. But Democrats are going to be ready for them. Kerry Pickett of the Washington Times is here to tell us what their game plan is, and what they're already doing. Carrie, thanks for coming on the show again. Thanks for having me. So uh, the opposition research is already underway, you're saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been underway for quite a while now, at least going back to the summer of this year. Yeah, and, and who, are the, uh, who are the main targets, and what, what do they have on them? Well, uh, look, what we have here is uh, at least three uh, Democratic allied opposition groups uh, that were uh, launched by uh, you know, David Brock, a former self-described right-wing hitman, uh, going back to uh, the uh, 1990s when he was allied with conservatives, uh, when he was going after Anita Hill. Then he had a conversion and went to the uh, liberal side of things. And now he, and since that time, he's been going after um, conservatives. So now uh, he is going after uh, James Comer of uh, Kentucky. He is going to be the incoming chairman of the House Oversight Committee. Um, and the Oversight Committee, of course, is going to be looking into Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, uh, and he uh, and, and what they are doing against, uh, you know, essentially uh, Mr. Comer is digging up. Uh, an old story from 2015 that was used against him when Mr. Comer ran for governor of Kentucky. Uh, they found uh, a, a, a college girlfriend back in 2015 who accused him of a, of a physical abuse, of mental abuse. Uh, and, you know, he, at the time when he ran for governor of uh, Kentucky, uh, he uh, completely uh, denied those uh, allegations. Uh, it's an old story, uh, but because most people don't know about that that particular accusation, they're going to be dangling out that uh, particular accusation uh, for Jordan, for Jim Jordan. He is going to be the incoming chairman of the Judiciary Committee, which is also going to be looking into Hunter Biden as well. Uh, they are dangling out uh, the, the accusation back when he was the wrestling coach for Ohio State University about a uh, – 
a, a doctor on a uh, on the on the wrestling team who was who was uh, apparently accused of sexually abusing the uh, the uh, the uh, players on the uh, team. So you know they're going to say that he uh, apparently knew about it, didn't do anything about it. Once again, Mr. Jordan has uh, denied those accusations. Those accusations go back years ago, and so they're going to be not just going after the chairman of the committee, but I'm understanding they're going to be going after every single Republican lawmaker in the new 118th Congress figuring they're going to be keeping these Republican lawmakers busy and distracted, very similar to what happened during the Clinton years when they were going after Bill Clinton when uh, impeachment was going on. And who pays for this? Oh, this is dark money. Uh, this, this is a thing that they, uh, have dark money coming in tens of millions of dollars, uh, coming in from funds that, that you, that is, that is very difficult to, uh, track. Some people have, have claimed it's not confirmed, but some people have claimed that it can come in from Arabella. Uh, but you know, once again, that is not confirmed, but we're talking about, you know, at least 10 to $20 million worth of a funding going to, uh, David Brock's group, which is known as Facts First, mm-hmm. and they are saying that they are funded go, going into like the next two years, which of course go, goes into 2024. And it's interesting. I hadn't thought of this until you know, I heard you, you know, going through the, the things that they're going to come after Jordan and Comer about. Uh, and I had uh, Tara Reid on this show here a while back. Mm-hmm. She's out there claiming that uh, Joe Biden sexually assaulted her. I think in the in the, somewhere in the Senate office, the Senate building, in the Capitol building, somewhere, and mm. uh, that doesn't count. Nobody, nobody ever ever brings it up anymore. So how how do you accuse these guys of that without having to answer for the charges that Tara Reid has made against the guy who's right now president? That's an interesting point. Um, yeah, I remember asking Nancy Pelosi about the Tara Reid accusation, and. She seemed uh, pretty confident that that particular uh, accusation uh, didn't have any sort of standing as far as she was concerned. And she was confident that uh, Joe Biden uh, didn't do what what she accused him of at that time. Uh, As far as these accusations are concerned, look, this is just the tip of the iceberg. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you recall, I mean, I was talking with a. David Bossy, he's a former Trump campaign official, right. but he, but but Bossy also is a former uh, congressional staffer. He worked on Dan Burton, former Congressman Dan Burton's um, staff back in the '90s during the Gingrich years, during the Clinton years, and he said, "Look, um, it looks like we're going back to the politics of personal destruction. Yep. They won't just go after lawmakers and chairmen; they're going to be going after staffers. They went after him." When he worked on uh, on the Whitewater investigations during the Clinton years, during the uh, Clinton uh, campaign fundraising, how that was kind of funny money going on. So well, they're going to be going after everyone. What makes no sense here, though, getting back to the Tara Reid thing, is that mm-hmm. in most situations uh, you would not you would not even enter into to raising accusations against one against your opponent, knowing sure. that identical accusations have been made against the guy you're working for and, sure. and, and, and think you could get away with it. So, but they do get away with it. That's what that, and it's only because of the, of a compliant media, I'm guessing. Oh, sure. Sure. I, it's, I, it's like anything else. I mean, the way they look at it is it, it, they can figure this has more to do with, with keeping their opponents busy. Mm-hmm. They, uh, I, because they figure, uh, if they have their Republican opponents uh, you know, accusing Biden of something, they have to, even if it's completely true of what they're uh, accusing uh, President Biden or Hunter Biden of something completely egregious and something that is completely true, they have to throw something back at them to say, well, you know what, here's a hot potato for you to uh, deal with. Deal with it. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's pretty much the strategy here. So it's just a matter of distractions. Exactly. And, exactly. and but then you can also distract the media because the media are more than willing to um, chase whatever David Brock wants them to chase. He's he's not new at this. 
Oh, he's been doing this for uh, decades now and successfully. Look, um, one of the things, uh, one of the most successful strategies uh, that David Brock, among others, is able to do is to get people completely fatigued over an investigation to the point where they go, enough of these investigations. (laughs) Can we just, by the way, move on. Move on dot org. Yeah, exactly. That's where that came from. Uh, mm-hmm. And they wanted them. I guess that was they wanted them to move on about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, wasn't that? that? Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly where it, where it came from. This is all about just getting people investigation. <laughs> speaking speaking of having uh, uh, sexual harassment uh, charges against you, you would think that that I, I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but you would think that having Bill Clinton still out there campaigning for people would well, would absolutely. And your possibilities of accusing anybody of anything ever again. Oh, sure. Or being disqualified for anything they did 20 years ago. Well, uh, you know, Bill Clinton, it's been many, many years now, and uh, some people uh, who are fans of of uh, Bill Clinton certainly just want to remember the uh, good economic times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, that's what they usually like to uh, kind of uh, wheel them out there. Uh, they and uh, keep in mind the people who uh, they are trying to bring out right now is the Democratic base, the youth base, and uh, those those who are of a certain age don't really know what things were like with uh, right. with uh, Bill Clinton. Yeah, well, it, but it, it would just seem that uh, we've reached the point where. Um, if you are going to be accusing someone of sexual improprieties, you know, harassment, uh, what, assault, whatever it amounts to, that there have been so many accusations now, some of them founded, some of them unfounded, that you would think that that wouldn't even be an issue anymore. It's just no, nobody wants to hear it because, true or not, whoever is accused of it is going to deny it. And whoever is accusing one person of sexual harassment is going to be perfectly fine with the guy they're voting for of being accused of the same thing. It's just, it's, it's all stupid. It was, it was new and exciting when Bill Clinton got in trouble. But, it, you know, that, that's 20-some years ago now. And it, how about a new tactic? Well, you know, it may not even necessarily be something of a sexual nature. Um, it could be something completely different. It could be something of a financial nature. Yeah. It could be, oh, there'll be those uh, too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this more has to do with, like, um, digging up anything that could be considered malfeasance of of, of any lawmakers or, or any uh, staffers background. And that's what they're likely looking for. We're talking to Carrie Pickett. She's uh, with the Washington Times and... Um, uh, I'm wondering, Kerry, that the Republicans always seem to disappoint when they go after the Democrats for the same things that the Democrats go after them about. Now, they have two years. Why should anybody believe that they're going to be successful this time? And in, 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 not necessarily in defending themselves, but having the guts to do the same thing to the Democrats. Um, look, it's uh, difficult to say what kind of consequences they're looking to slap on to the uh, Democrats. Uh, the uh, biggest advantage that the Democrats had uh, back when uh, Trump was uh, president and they, and they went after Trump uh, was simply that they had a compliant Justice Department. Um, and uh, along with that, they also had uh, you know, Jeff Sessions, who was more than willing to uh, go along with uh, you know, putting a, out a, a a special prosecutor, special counsel to 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 to, uh, to look into Trump, which which a lot of people sort of scratch their heads over. So, you know, as far as the Republicans are concerned, they just don't. You know, this time around, when the uh, shoes on the other foot, they don't have that advantage. So, I think that people need to sort of keep that in mind right now. Yeah, um, and, and the the Congressional Integrity Project sounds like a nice group. It's a nice name. But uh, yeah. you, you quote the executive director, Kyle Herrig, in your piece mm-hmm. as saying, this isn't about politics. It's about exposing these sham investigations by MAGA Republicans for what they are in an effort to damage Joe Biden and Democrats politically, all to benefit Republicans and Donald Trump in 2024. Can they convince voters that the investigation of the evidence in Hunter Biden's laptop is a sham? Keep in mind, um, what 
it's a very interesting setup that they have here where you have Brock going after lawmakers personally, but what Kyle Herrig's group is doing is going after the actual investigations and what they see the Hunter Biden investigations as just, you know, complete, uh, you know, nonsense. So they're, so while uh, they're going to say there's like, there's like nothing to these investigations. All these investigations are, are just complete nonsense, and there's and there's nothing there. So they're basically hitting the Republicans at at all angles. And uh, I I think that's what they are trying to do. Will they be successful? Well, that's a whole other other story. But I got to say, what the Democrats are doing right now are what the Republicans didn't do, which was basically set up outside groups to basically discredit lawmakers and discredit. Uh, the investigations, and that was something that the Republicans uh, just didn't organize during the Trump years for uh, Donald Trump. And so I guess bottom line, again, and this, this is just going to come down to what the media choose to cover and not cover, isn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I would say look back to the uh, days of Benghazi when the Republicans mm-hmm. were, uh, were going after Obama and uh, going after Eric Holder. And uh, I think you can get a good idea as to how most of the media is going to be uh, reacting during these uh, investigations. Well, while I have you here, um, I, I, you wrote a piece about the old, uh, so many old people in Washington uh, for the for the Washington Times, and we're talking to Kerry Pickett. Um, uh, what, what do you think make of the news that O'Donnell or McConnell said today that uh, he doesn't expect Donald Trump can be reelected? Um, look, you know, it, it isn't a, a, uh, big secret over in uh, Washington that, yeah. uh, that a uh, McConnell has absolutely, uh, never had a great relationship with, uh, Donald Trump. And, uh, I think we're seeing a, um, you know, a lot of Donald Trump's even biggest supporters right now sort of drifting away from him. Uh, and uh, looking to uh, move on to uh, another chapter right now. You know, hearing McConnell saying what he said, that's, you know, a lot of people saying, look what he said, look what he said. Like, uh, yeah, that's not exactly huge news. I think that was sort of expected. It's not huge news, Kerry, but it's it's dumb to say it. Does he not know that, that uh, the stations have recordings of the things he says and that if Donald Trump does somehow manage to get the nomination, He's going to be on record, and he'll be in Democrat ads saying Donald Trump can never be reelected again. That's actually very true. Uh, I mean, it's just but, dumb. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, uh, right now, I think that uh, you know people are are wondering what exactly uh, Donald Trump can get in terms of uh, support in the uh, in the GOP primary, but that is a long time from now. So this is just more of a wait and see than anything else. I, I did my. I opened my show by talking about term limits, and Mitch, uh, I'm sorry, is one of my, and I'm 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 not that much uh, younger mm-hmm. than he is. Uh, is that anything that anybody's ever going to get get onto and and make it uh, get make any progress on that? I think that uh, McConnell uh, could could very well, um, you know, eventually this could very well be his last term, and uh, you know. Then we're just going to see him pass the baton to one of his lieutenants, and we'll see where that goes. Yeah, well, it's, uh, I wish he'd go home. I wish they, I wish a lot of them would just go home. The good ones and the bad ones. Just, uh, just leave it to everybody else. I, you know, leave it, leave it to, give it to somebody else, anybody else. Kerry, I appreciate you being on. Uh, always good to have you on the show. And uh, find your stuff at uh, WashingtonTimes.com. Kerry Pickett, thank you. Sure thing. Take care. Okay. That's Carrie Pickett, and uh, we will be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden reluctantly asking Congress to intervene and prevent a nationwide railroad strike. Worried about the economic fallout of a nationwide rail strike, President Biden has asked Congress to intervene. He said as a proud pro-labor president, he was reluctant to override the views of union workers who voted against an agreement reached in September. But he determined that action must be taken to avoid the economic impact of a shutdown, which he said would be devastating. 
Greg Clugston, Washington. The city of Houston lifting an order that called for more than 2 million people to boil their tap water before drinking or using it. The boil order had been in effect since Sunday. In Doha, the U.S. men's soccer team with an early one to nothing lead over Iran in World Cup soccer. The Dow is down 75 points. The Nasdaq off 82. This is SRN News. Charlie Dombeck here from Key City Capital. As a practicing CPA for nearly 30 years, I have found that 80% of your ability to grow your wealth is dependent upon two factors, taxes and investment performance. At Key City Capital, we improve investment performance by diversifying capital into off-market investment opportunities in passive rental real estate and alternatives like asset-backed lending. We recover dollars that clients unnecessarily pay in the form of income taxes, creating a lifetime annuity of savings. We are a sponsor of passive, affordable single and multifamily residential rental investments, which are located in Sunbelt landlord-friendly states. These investments are the top choices in a rising interest rate and inflationary environment. They represent a store of value protecting your capital from market volatility. Learn how we at Key City Capital can help you ultimately grow your wealth rapidly. Connect with me at keycitycapital.com or give me a call at 817-912-1569. Take it from Charlie Kirk. As I read this New York Times article, so I read the New York Times so you don't have to. Salem Media Group reaches more people than they realize. This is my favorite line of the whole thing. Their hosts are big names, and they have huge reach, which makes them one of the most powerful forces in conservative media. Tap into our big names to help grow your business. Call Andrew Pawoski at 412-503-4761. 412-503-4761. Thank you for finally noticing. Supply chains are loosening and inventory is arriving at Pitt Cycles, and now's a great time to celebrate with the purchase of a brand new ride. This is John Sagerwald. Pitt Cycles showrooms are bursting with selection. Over 228 models from Indian, Triumph, BMW, Royal Enfield, KTM, and now to the end of the year, get a stylish Noru Marucci leather riding jacket free with your purchase of a new street bike. In Warrendale, next to Jurgles at PittCycles.com. Pitt Cycles! And FM 92.5, The Answer, WPGP, Pittsburgh, W223CS, Pittsburgh, a division of Salem Media Group. Listen on The Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got The Answer. Still seeing those delays on the Parkway East around a 10-minute backup. Uh, from 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge on the inbound side. Outbound, that's heavy from Glenwood up to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. On Parkway West, you'll see some delays inbound. Banksville Road to Carnegie, Green Tree Road to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. On outbound 65, slow from Eckerd Street to McKees Rocks Bridge. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. It'll be partly to mostly cloudy tonight and mild with periods of rain late below 47. Windy tomorrow with periods of rain and a thunderstorm into the early afternoon. You can expect travel delays and isolated power outages. Also, make sure to secure loose objects the high 53, but temperatures falling to the upper 30s. Partly sunny and breezy Thursday will reach a high Thursday of 36. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you, it should be apparent to anybody who's been paying atten- any attention at all that uh, China has way too much influence on what happens uh, to and, I guess, in America. And, and it seems like uh, we hear about a new example every day. For a long time, Chinese women have been coming to the U.S. to give birth so that the baby that is born here can become a U.S. citizen. Well, there's a new twist on that story, and Emma Waters is a research associate at the Heritage Foundation Center for Life, Religion, and Family. She's here to tell us about that. Emma, thanks for coming on the show. Hi, thanks for having me on today. So uh, your headline for your story at The American Mind is California's New Handmaid's Tale. So that's California, but how does this involve China? It's a crazy story. So like you mentioned, birth tourism has been around for a long time. Women in their eighth month of pregnancy coming to the United States to bear a child because any child born in the United States um, with birthright citizenship automatically gains and maintains citizenship, access to education, as well as legal protection. But with the development of IVF and our commercial surrogacy practices, what this means is that 
couples or single individuals in China can either send their sperm or egg over or a fully formed embryo to an agency in California or another permissive state and then have that embryo placed inside an American woman as a commercial surrogate where she then carries and bears the child here in the U.S. That's so what... <laughs> So California is now the place to go if you want someone else to have your baby? That's It's the hot place to go? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. So the, the weird thing about commercial surrogacy in the United States is that it's not a federal-level issue, and it's only regulated on the state level. And so there are three states um, that explicitly ban commercial surrogacy because they recognize the exploitive nature as well as the many health concerns for the surrogate as well as the child being born. But then there are other states like California, New York, Illinois, Vermont, and a few others who have incredibly permissive laws that effectively say if you have the money, and it costs a lot of money, about mm-hmm. 120000 in the U.S., about 300000 for a Chinese national. Um, and if you have the money, though, you can create and bear a child through a surrogate. Um, And so what's particularly concerning about California and other states is that there are no required um, screenings or background checks for the parents. Um, So we effectively don't know who these parents are. Um, We don't know the motivation behind what they're doing. And if they have enough money, they can simply pay to get a child. So this is radically different than even how our adoption or our foster care policies work in the United States, Um, because we know that that's a process that requires the highest level of scrutiny to ensure that the child is actually going to a good home. But with the case of commercial surrogacy, especially with Chinese nationals, None of those protections are in place. So it used to be that, uh, as you mentioned, a, a, a Chinese woman would, would come here in her eighth month, have the baby, and for whatever her motivation was, her baby would then be a citizen of the United States, which would then make it easier for her to come and live in the United States if she had a, uh, um, a child who was a citizen? Yes, that's exactly right. And that same process still applies. So I actually found um, one agency, and there are actually multiple agencies, for example, that have a base in California and a base somewhere in China that are explicitly set up to coordinate between wealthy Chinese nationals and American surrogates. Um, And one of them actually um, advertised as being a cheaper alternative to the EB-5 visa. So instead of going through the entire immigration process, spending about $500,000 and hoping that at some point you'll be approved for citizenship or green card in the United States. Instead, what these Chinese nationals can do is they can spend about 300000 which is still a pretty penny, right, but mm-hmm. significantly cheaper, um, bear a child in the U.S., and because that child is a citizen, when the child turns 21, the parents are then automatically eligible for a green card. And so it's a sure way, it takes 21 years, but it's a sure way that then they can get U.S. citizenship. And so one man said, well, it's either the U.S. or China that's going to be the superpower. So might as well have kids with citizenship in the United States and we'll have citizenship in China. And whichever one comes out on top, that's the one we'll capitalize on. Um, so it's a complete abuse of our immigration system um, and what it even means to be a citizen of the United States. And it's, um, it used to be that the, that the mother had to physically show up, I guess, in the United States. Uh, but now all you got to do is send a package, right? Yeah. You send. I mean, That's, it's a, it's a, it's a vial that you can send a, uh, on a plane, and and then you don't. I, they they don't meet the woman who's going to carry the baby, and the the woman who's carrying the baby, uh, and just and, and where the baby is gestating, they uh, they don't know. They give birth to the baby and they take the baby away. She has no idea where it ends up. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this is what can be so heartbreaking is because in best case scenarios, you have informed consent for the surrogates um, where they know exactly the dynamic um, of the relationship between the purchasing parents. 
Um, and so some surrogates, right, are surrogates because they genuinely want to help couples who are struggling with infertility. And in many instances, that's achieved through altruistic surrogacy in the U.S. But for Chinese couples or single men or single women, as it's often the case, a lot of times surrogates will enter into these contracts thinking, oh, like I'm helping this couple who can't have kids or, oh, I'm helping this person who really needs it. Um, but the Chinese mindset in this is very distinct from the American one. And so one of the main problems that one of the surrogacy agencies that I spoke with talked about was that Chinese nationals will view these American surrogates um, sort of as their birthing slaves um, or like a birthing servant that's there to serve them, but they have no real emotional connection to or relationship with. So surrogates will come into it thinking they're going to have a close relationship with the parent or parents, only to find out that they're really only interested in the surrogate, like gestating and birthing the child, and then they'll come in and take the child, but have no real interest in connecting surrogates left with this very weird experience of having birthed a child, which is incredibly intimate and incre like the, the entire process, right, of pregnancy mm -hmm. and childbirth is incredibly intimate. And then the child is just gone. And I spoke with a few labor and delivery nurses. And in many instances, it's single older men picking up these children. Um, and once again, we have no background checks. We don't know to what degree these men could be engaged. Um, in really suspect practices related to sex trafficking or child pornography or potentially are just older men who in and of themselves are maybe not fit to raise a child and provide the child with the care of a mother and a father and an environment they need to really thrive. Um, and so it's a complete moral abdication um, on the part of these American women and even our U.S. law to allow children to be born into such suspect circumstances. So um, a single man in Russia could find a, a woman to donate. Well, or is, is he is he even it could it be that he's not even the real father? He's just uh, the, all you're getting is a vial and you're getting sperm and an egg and, and a baby is being produced. But just because he's picking up the baby, does that mean that he's the father? And wh what are we talking about here? The possibility of just selling the baby to somebody? Yeah, I mean, but that's exactly what we're talking about. So once again, you don't have to use your own sperm or your own egg to create a child. And this is where the line between baby selling and a legitimate commercial surrogacy agreement is all but dissolved. Um, because like you said, um, it, like if you can purchase the sperm and you can purchase the egg, create the embryo in a lab and then put it inside a woman, she births the child and it's your child you don't have to have any genetic or biological relationship. You don't even have to have a self-professed good intent for that child. So yeah, it's absolutely incredibly unethical, opens up the door for many concerns, but yeah, baby selling being one of them. And there are some surrogacy agencies who have, um, who the FBI has actually shut down because they couldn't even pretend that what they were doing wasn't baby selling um, because of how blurred all of those lines are. Well, so what would a person sell a baby for? Uh, what would someone buy a baby for? Other than maybe it's just you know somebody that's struggling to have a family and they they they'll they'll do anything. What other nefarious reasons are there for just buying a newborn baby? Yeah, so like you said, one can be best case scenario. It's a married couple who's infertile and they deeply desire a child. Still incredibly problematic, um, but best case scenario, that's their intention. Um, but in the more nefarious situations, um, there are cases that have been tracked by the FBI in the United States, as well as other nations where children have been born for the use of child pornography. They've been born for the use of um, pedophilia rings or sex trafficking rings. Um, and quite to be frank, like to buy a child that you can sell repeatedly throughout its childhood and early in life is going to make up any amount of money that you have to sink into it. And then on the other hand, some of it could just be incredibly pragmatic, like the parent wants citizenship in the U.S., so they create a child, but their intent is not that they have a child that they invest in and love and have really cared for. They just need to use the child to get something greater in their mind. Um, and so in each of these instances, like on the worst extreme, children are being exploited in some of the most heinous ways um, for adult desire. And then on the more benign level, children are just being used to achieve uh, adult wishes 
but in ways that do not respect the child and don't have the child's best interest at heart, to say the least. Um, we're talking to Emma Waters. She's a research associate at the Heritage Foundation Center for Life, Religion, and Family. Um, so uh, you're ta- we're talking mostly here about the Chinese um, uh, nationals who come in and do this and take advantage, because this is illegal in China, surrogacy. You're not allowed to do that there. Um, uh, is this is this... How pervasive is it just within the country of people possibly doing this, where they just yeah, want to buy um, a baby? I mean, is this mostly a foreign thing? Um, so it's a good question. Um, like you mentioned, surrogacy is illegal in China. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And different nations have different laws governing this. Some, like Russia and Ukraine and Israel, have incredibly permissive surrogacy laws. And then the U.S., by nature of letting it be a state level, can have very permissive laws with the states that have decided to opt in. So this is where it gets really tricky, though, is that commercial surrogacy, um, as it's connected to the U.S., either on the domestic level or the international level, is not tracked or reported um, by any database on the federal level um, or the state level. And no medical associations are actually tracking who these children are. So each individual surrogacy agency knows who the children are in the sense that they've contracted through the surrogate. But we're not actually tracking or keeping up with any numbers. So I've looked at this from as many different levels as you can imagine and Mm -hmm. talking to others in the field. And this is the problem we keep coming back to is without any reporting measures, without any accountability, we can guesstimate. So like one surrogacy agency in California was like, we've had hundreds of agreements in the past year with Chinese nationals. Um, But this is just based on their self-reporting anecdotal evidence. We have no way of actually knowing how many children are being born of surrogates on the domestic or the international level as it relates to the United States. So uh, could you give me the name of what does a, what does a company that's that is involved in, professional surrogacy call itself? Um, So in California, a couple of the names are, uh, one is One Tree Surrogacy, one is Surrogacy Now, one is called, um, gosh, what's another one? Uh, Another one would be under the name of like um, Family Tree Surrogacy Practice. Uh, How about about Renner Uterus? Is there anybody? (laughs) Because that's what they're doing, right? Right, exactly. Right, it's it's rent a it, it's a rent a womb. Like you can rent a car to move things around. You yeah. can rent a womb to bear a child. That's yeah. Is, it, that would be the practical name. And and who are these women who are willing to carry a stranger's baby? Maybe maybe a baby who's going to be of Chinese uh, descent. And and um, does it pay well? Do they make good money? Oh, yeah. You make very good money being a commercial surrogate. Um, And so this is where the problem comes in. I've talked about this actually in another article where in New York, New York actually didn't allow commercial surrogacy until 2021. So So literally last year. And the reason they didn't allow it is because they, like other nations and other states, recognized how exploitive these commercial surrogacy agreements are for women and for the children involved. Um, but there is one senator um, on the state level in New York who is gay and in a gay marriage. And so while commercial surrogacy wasn't allowed, altruistic surrogacy was. And altruistic surrogacy is when a surrogate, out of the kindness and compassion of their heart, um, chooses to, um, to bear a child. So they're not getting paid, just their medical expenses are being covered. So they mm-hmm. basically break even. Um, but altruistic surrogacy, so was always legal in New York, but they couldn't find enough women who were willing to be altruistic surrogates that they were having to then fly all the way to California for this. And so they pushed, um, and this is a gay male couple, right? So they had to have a womb. So they pushed for the passage of commercial surrogacy because they couldn't find enough women who were willing to do it out of the kindness of their heart. So what does this tell us? It then tells us that the women who were most likely to be commercial surrogates, and there are other studies on a small scale that reinforce this, are women who are from the lower income bracket and legitimately need the money. Um, But when it comes down to financial need, there's a reason that organ selling is illegal. 
because we know that when people are faced with scarcity or need, they'll do things that are contrary to their good or the common good of a nation. And I think the same logic applies to commercial surrogacy, that if you can't get women who are willing to do it just to break even, then it seems like you're probably capturing a very vulnerable and exploited population who then needs the money. And in the U.S., they're making anywhere between 40 and 80,000 per child that they carry. And you're exploiting them for something that you want and that they feel compelled to do because they need the funds for some reason. Well, you got to really need the money. I, I, I've never been pregnant, but uh, I'm I'm pretty sure that it's uh, not a lot of fun for a lot of the for a lot of those nine months um, to make forty forty thousand dollars to do that. Boy, that's uh, you're really hurting for some cash if you want to do that. Hey, I got before I go uh, with Emma Waters here. I wanted to ask you another subject. The Heritage Foundation uh, pulled people on the Respect for Marriage Act. How did that turn out? And I don't know what happened. I've been looking to see if anything happened today with this, but uh, what are the chances of getting the 12 Republicans who voted for it to change their minds? It's a great question. So, yes, so the Heritage Foundation did a poll last week looking at five red states and found that across all voters, representative of the 18 to, I think, 65-year-old population, that 47% of voters um, oppose the Respect for Marriage Act due to its redefinition of marriage and the religious liberty concerns. And only about 41% were in favor of it. Um, The more they explained the legislation and the concerns associated with it, um, the less likely people were to actually support it. So where we are today in the process, the Senate has actually been meeting since 3.30 p.m. Eastern to vote on the Lee Amendment, which is the only amendment that would actually provide positive protections for people of faith and religious institutions. Mm-hmm. But they also heard the, they also voted, excuse me, on the Lankford Amendment and the Rubio Amendment. Um, and then the final vote, this is their agreement to hear the three amendments, is actually to do a final vote on Respect for Marriage Act last. And so that'll be today. Like, yes. And mm-hmm. so the update on it, I've, I've been tracking it now. Um, the Lee Amendment failed. The Lankford Amendment failed. And they started voting on the Rubio Amendment about 15 minutes ago. So I think we'll find out about that one soon. Um, so after we get the, those three amendments taken care of, if all three of them fail and two of them already have, then there is room for hope and optimism that at least three of the 12 Republicans that initially voted to move it forward would change their vote and they have complete freedom to do so, in which case the Respect for Marriage Act would fail. Because of filibuster. Um, right. So they need a 60, they need to hit the 60 vote threshold mm-hmm. for it to pass today. Um, but if we can get three Senate Republicans to change their vote, which they hopefully will if all of the religious liberty protections fail, then there's still certainly hope that this could turn out well. Let's see what happens and uh, hope that the the caving-in Republicans, who will always seem to be just enough of them, uh, re, uh, uncave, I guess is the word I want to use. Hey, thanks, Emma. I really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me on today. Okay, that's Emma Waters of the Heritage Foundation. We'll be right back. Hey, did you know that you spend about three and a half years of your life in your bathroom? Uh, That's a long time to spend in a place that you don't really like that much. And if you don't like your bathroom a lot right now because it's old and outdated and you'd like to transform it, well, you need to get a hold of Bath R Us. They will transform any bathroom into the bathroom of your dreams. Uh, These units are custom built. They allow you to pick all the premium accents and accessories. This is not an overlay. It's a total transformation. They can get it finished in days, not months or weeks. Uh, And every single unit is installed by a certified factory technician. And they only use products made here in the United States. So, uh, and you, you, we're talking about gorgeous faucets and fixtures uh, for the bathroom. It's a total transformation. And don't wait. Schedule your free in-home estimate right now and get $1,000 off plus low to no monthly payments. You can do that right now by calling 412-752-6880. That's 412-752-6880. Go to bathrus.com. That's bath, the letter R, us.com. Start loving your bathroom again. 
People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college. Learn new instruments. Start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. This is the John Stackerwalt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, as I I mentioned earlier in the previous segment there, uh, Mitch McConnell came out today and said that... uh, he doesn't see how anybody uh, who would meet with a white nationalist, an anti-Semite, and a white nationalist like Nick Fuentes, who who did have dinner at um, Mar-a-Lago last week, could never be um, elected president. And uh, Trump came out today and said, uh, Mitch McConnell, uh, he said he's a loser <laughs> for our nation and for the Republican Party. And he, he told Fox News Digital that he did not know white nationalist Nick Fuentes, had no idea who he was, and said had he expressed his views during their very quick dinner, it wouldn't have been accepted. This is, this is what I mean about uh, uh, McConnell. He's uh, – just get out of – just go away. Go home. Come on, Mitch. You're, you're going to be 82 in 2024. Just go away. Give it to somebody who's uh, not – a who somebody who has a spine? How about that? And he's if, if you looked up the term swamp creature, you'd find a picture of Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell is the reason that Donald Trump was elected president because people are sick of Republicans like Mitch McConnell, who cave in on everything and who just play right into the Democrats' hands. As I said in the earlier segment, he's he's going to have this comment that he made thrown back in his face in a couple of years when if if Donald Trump does become the nominee he's he's going to have this thrown back in his face and have to defend it uh, and he doesn't care because Mitch McConnell would be perfectly happy with Donald Trump not being elected even if it meant another term for Joe Biden and that's why Mitch needs to go home get out of town Mitch John Steigerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.